live on the front porch. It is Southern Fried Philosophy. Uh, guys, we are so... <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Out of the gates, we stumble, we fall, but we get ourselves picked up and we roll again there's an excuse there is a very big (laughs) excuse if you're watching on facebook live we just want to say we are sorry the audio is going to be horrible this episode uh this is our first time we are doing the entire episode on my side porch so we are back together we've had uh 57 percent of us i think have had our covid shots so (laughs) (laughs) the other the other half hasn't or whatever the, the math is on that uh, has not had it, but um, we felt comfortable to do the show. And we have a special guest that's here with us, the Whiskey Priest. So we are going to do the show here live from my side porch. Uh, so, again, we've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to our starting lineup, running the Facebook Live, the YouTube Live. It is Magic Man. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And, of course, producer Brian is running everything else. Hey, guys. How's it going? And, of course, I be your illustrious host, Biggin. And how about you? Uh, so I'm going to uh, ask Brian, where do people find us on the socials? Right. Uh, we are on the Facebooks at Southern Fried Philosophy. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch at SFP Radio. You can always email the show at sfpradio at gmail.com. Uh, we are on the web at southernfriedphilosophy.com if you want to type all those letters or at sfpradio.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to support the show, we would love that. Uh, pe- go to patreon.com slash sfpradio. Um, I'm running out of chicken sandwich money. And then you can always catch us streaming on iHeartRadio, Spotify, the TuneIn app. Um, any podcast provider anywhere in the world because we are worldwide we are which again i look at the stats and i'm like how in the world are we worldwide but i appreciate everybody that does that that's great (laughs) uh youtube subscribers again we know that there are more than 100 of you so please go out to youtube i did notice that our numbers did jump up a little bit on youtube so i appreciate that we are 60 shy though so we need you guys to go 60 60 that's doable yeah that's that's definitely doable so yeah 60 of you guys go to youtube get your phones out right now go to youtube uh, dot com and then search southern fried philosophy and then subscribe you don't have to do anything else yeah. that's it and a little if you really want to help out so there's a little trick with youtube okay like youtube is it's tied to google accounts like oh. i have like four different google accounts oh that's genius so in some places oh. i've subscribed to oh, things i'm interested in or want to promote four mm. different times under four different aliases so if mm. you have a Google like work address or something. Okay, you technically have a YouTube account. Okay, that's smart. <laughs> right. Very there smart. So help us game the system, guys. I All like right. it. Very good. So if you've done it before, alas, you can actually just go out and make sixty different accounts because they're free, right? And then just sign up. That. You, you ain't got find, nothing else yeah, to just, do. You know, I mean, you probably want one for all these advertisements anyway. You know, so right? You just, that, that's they're smart, useful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you are staying at home and you want to do your own podcast, you want to have some video editing, what have you, uh, shoot producer Brian an email at headlines at sfpradio.com. He'll be glad to get with you, do whatever needs to be done for your work. That would be great. If you also want to be a show sponsor, it's not, it's not expensive. It's not as expensive as you think, and you get worldwide notoriety. Yep. Some pl- somebody in Syria will listen to this, and they're like, wow, I really want to buy your T-shirts because they sound awesome. So you, could get, you can go worldwide with that. 
So shoot me an email at sfpradio at gmail.com. Next week, we have Doug Knoll. He is, now listen to his, his, his like little things at the end. JD and MA. I don't know what any of those means except JD, and that's Jack Daniel, but I don't think that's what it stands for. Mm. But he is an award-winning author, speaker, and training. He had 22 years as a trial lawyer. Uh, he has become a peacemaker and a mediator. Today, he helps people solve deep uh, conflicts and teaches others to do what he does. He's also an adjunct professor at Pepperdine Law, uh, where he teaches decision-making under uncertainty conflict. I'm intimidated. I, how did he come on the show? I'm, well, he's not on the show Well, yet. I mean, he's going to come There's on. There's still time. Yeah, he could yeah. back out, which he probably should. <laughs> make, he's, look, we're not smart already, but he's going to make us look like idiots. Yeah. Yeah. You may ask yourself, why would I want to listen to this dude? Because on his thing, he said, I can teach you guys how not to, to argue with your wife. Th- that right there was like, okay, let's yeah. figure that out. That'd be great. I don't want to argue with my wife. That's worth its weight in, wa- in gold. Also, Absolutely. <laughs> also, he might be able to teach us how to win when we do argue with our wife. <laughs> that's so, so that's no something right there. There's something right there. So we, we uh, are going to have him on. It's going to be awesome. He's written some books. So I want to just pick his brain on conflict, especially in today's society, right? Like everybody's got conflict. These are going crazy so how do you de-escalate some of the stuff that's going on so i thought he would be uh, a good guest we want to say shout out to our listener from syria we actually do have a listener from syria so oh. i want to say i don't know what how you say how you say hello syria. there right it's i don't know <laughs> somebody google that for me <laughs> siri how do you say that i don't uh, but we still need alaska so if anybody is um in alaska or know somebody in alaska shoot them a message and say you li- need to listen to sfp radio we still have yet to hear from Sarah Palin's folks. If we don't hear back, we're going to have to move move somewhere else. Yeah, we can and, call somebody. And I don't know who we're going to call in Alaska. What do they do? They make some like we did the maple syrup for Vermont, right? What, where do you get from Snow? Alaska? No, Nome, Alaska, up there in the <laughs> what? You know the no Alaska, sound, the Nome, Nome. Oh, up there oh, at the very top. Can we call an Eskimo? May, can we just Google Eskimos and how to contact them? Okay. Mm. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Yeah, maybe we can call a moose, bullwinkle. Well, there's. I mean, Rocky. Maybe call like uh, one of those national parks and talk to a park ranger or something. Like yeah, bears we'll out there. Oh right? yeah. You know, like Yogi. The, oh no, that's your, that's that's the yeah. uh, wrong bear. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Do it. Abominable snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Abdominal snowman. Abdominal. <laughs> that's what I call my belly. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, so I'm going to ask you guys like I ask you every week. How you be during Magic Man? Well, speaking of bellies, oh, uh, I went uh, Monday for a uh, physical. <laughs> and, um, hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm now a member of the 300 Whoa, plus club. Whoa, congrats, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not cheering for that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so. You know. give, him, give him a, a break. Oh, sorry. I, I yeah, hit, I hit the, the wrong button. I hit the wrong button. I'm so sorry. There we go. Yeah, there there go. Welcome, to, Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, Welcome to the club. club. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome so uh, I guess club. I'm now a, a member of, uh, what is it, Fat Five Fat? Fat Five Fat. Welcome. Congrats. We appreciate yeah. you being in. Wow. So <laughs> anything else on the physical? That was it. Uh, Did you get the uh, old DRE? No DRE. <laughs> no? Thank goodness. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. But, uh, yeah, you have something to look weight. forward to. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, they, the doctor said it, you know, I need to lose weight, but everything else looked okay. Well, that's so, good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got that going for me. <laughs> 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 Producer Brian, how you be doing? 
Oh, I'm good. Uh, you know, I was relaxed. No not boy. being, I'm not, you know, I didn't do like any work last week, so mm-hmm. I was on You're, vacation. Yeah. Um, but yesterday, I got my second COVID vaccine shot. Okay. Um, and I've been trying to think about how to describe what that like what it feel like. People, some people had side effects or felt felt bad. You know, mm-hmm. I got tired, but I figured out what it felt like this morning at some point. Ooh. And I don't know if, uh, if big and imagine if you've ever heard of this before, but there's a thing called a bench press. I've heard of such. You've heard things. of it, yeah. Yep. That's what it feels like. If you've ever been to the gym and you like really killed it on a bench press. Oh no! Only I did it on one arm. Ooh. So that's like. There's a spot in your shoulder that just goes like that's what it affects, I guess. When you're okay, uh, I was a weightlifter at one point, but <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah, can't you? Um, but that, that's like it felt exactly like half of my body <laughs> went to the gym and just like maxed out on everything. Gotcha, like max reps kind of thing. But okay, so that was it. That was it. Pretty, but no, I did no get other... really tired at like six thirty last night. Hmm. It's like. Just like, oh, I'm exhausted out of nowhere. So I like, took a shower and laid down for like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that was fine. And okay. I like staying and watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, I, do we call you Whiskey Priest or can we use your real name? The Reverend. How you can call a, me whatever you would like. I didn't know, you know, I wanted to be protective of your identity if you wanted to be anonymous. Oh, no, I don't need to be anonymous. Okay. All right. So we're going to call him Father Tommy. Father Tommy, how, how, how are you been doing? How are you been doing? I had the same experience. I had my second dose of the Pfizer. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I was exhausted out of nowhere. Not, and that's for a long a time times. or just like? Actually, every day since I've had it, and it was on Saturday. Interesting. Because they so, hit me again on the way over here, and I've got a giant Starbucks cup next to me. They kind of took care of it. So Right. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you, too, uh, and Ryan will be able to tell you as well, uh, as a member of the, the, the plus 300 pound, uh, that's normal for us. At about three, two, two, three o'clock, we just start getting wiped out. We're mm-hmm. exhausted at that point. So oh. I understand and feel that pain. <laughs> yeah. See, we get the workout naturally. <laughs> it's called breathing, right? Yeah, it's breathing. A, that's right. <laughs> just it's, existing. It's called trying to survive right gotcha. now. Yeah. All right. Um, but you, you came up uh, to, to the Concord area uh, this week. And, buddy, we have had a great week. Have we not? A wonderful week. It's been a good vacation week. Yeah. And so uh, I, it was, what, did you come up Monday or Tuesday? I came up. When did I come up? I've had such a good time. I can't well, remember. I think it was Monday, it, Tuesday. Tuesday. He's, he's the crowd. We also have a crowd of folks too. <laughs> so appreciate uh, Chris and Josh and my wife. So hello, everybody. We're going to show you on the Facebook lives. Uh, they've got a member of the, uh, they've got some biscuit seats over there. So appreciate that. Uh, but he came up Tuesday, 11 o'clock, I'm working, and then, and then all of a sudden, he gets out of the, the truck and then starts throwing a smoker on my front porch, and then another tiny grill on there, and then within an hour, it smells delicious in my office, because my office is right by the front porch, and oh, you started- the worst. Yeah. You started, <laughs> you started smoking ribs. And like all day, it's just like drool is is coming out because I just smell uh, beautiful meat coming from that smoker. And we've we've ate so well. We've we had have. tell tell them what you you've done. So when I first arrived, and and the name of the little guy is Jumbo Joe. He likes to be called Jumbo Joe and not okay. not the little grill. Okay, sorry, so just, sorry. <laughs> um, but we we threw some chicken thighs on the Jumbo Joe, mm-hmm. and while we were cooking the uh, chicken thighs, we smoked some beef ribs. 
mm-hmm. some of the short plate um, beef ribs. And uh, that, that was about a seven-hour cook, so we were able to have that for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then uh, yesterday, no, after we took the beef ribs off, mm-hmm. we had the fire going, so we just decided to throw about 11-pound pork butt on there. It just had it laying around, right? It just had it laying around. Yeah. And um, it was laying around <laughs> up at that, uh, that nice butcher shop you guys have. The, the stock market? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's next to uh, the smoke, smoke pit, pit, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Great place. I, I need that in Philly. <laughs> but um, so we put the pork butt on, and that was an eighteen-hour cook. Eleven pounds is a so lot. It was. Yeah. We still have more if you that's want a, some. <laughs> I'm sure you do because that's like twenty-five people you keep feeding. Yeah, that. it was, it was <laughs> great. Or but or the, four, the star four, of the meal members. was the sides. All right, we had we a salad, but not not every but not your everyday salad. It was a mm. cornbread salad. Cornbread salad. Oh. That yep. was killer. Yeah, my wife has made some phenomenal sides. We've had cornbread salad. We've had uh, broccoli salad. We had to we had to get some stuff in that said the word that had the word salad in it to make us feel healthy. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's talk about cornbread salad for a minute. Okay, I've, I've never. Jess, do you want to come over and talk about the cornbread salad? We would really. Love you I'm just really curious how, how no? much greenery okay. is in this salad. Oh, there's zero. Question. Okay, zero I just wanna, salad. Zero it's greenery. It's like you know, I go up. North once a year usually, and they have Jello salad, mm-hmm. which is either some kind of Jello that they put fruit in, right, or they literally put a piece of Jello on a piece of lettuce. Okay, <laughs> isn't that like from the fifties and sixties? It's from like yeah, diners <laughs> or I don't know. But diners, so I was just curious, you know. And yeah. broccoli, there was actually broccoli in, in the broccoli part. salad, okay, all right. right. So, so there was that. There. All right. The cornbread salad. There's zero greenery. We've got cornbread. Sounds good. Keep me honest. Cornbread. There's a lot of cheese. Mm, okay. There's beans, like uh, pinto beans. Yeah. Okay. Chili beans. Um, there's uh, a lot of bacon. Mm. What else? Corn. Corn. And ranch dressing. Uh, there's wow. ranch dressing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then that's layered. And then you just get a big spoonful and I'd eat that. be happy. Well, I mean, there's a ton left. I'll, maybe I will eat so that. So you'll, you'll yeah, have okay. some a little bit. <laughs> so that's mac and cheese. Um, uh, Josh made some amazing fries the other day, which yes. they oh. turned out fantastic. So appreciate that. Truffle oil. Tr- with truffle oil. Oh, wow. Some salt, Dang. some bacon uh, grease. So, y'all, we've, we've ate good this week. Not to mention the Whiskey Priest has brought a bunch of whiskey and bourbon. So it has been a good two nights. So what, wow. a, what, a, what a great uh, time that we've had together. That's, so that's, that's been my week this week. Wow. Is this like evangelism? Is that what we're seeing here? That's yes. right. <laughs> whiskey evangelism. <laughs> we, we have talked about Jesus a lot <laughs> and prayed to him sometimes. Um, so, all right. So let's go to our Southern word of the week, which is doohickey. You guys heard the word doohickey before? Oh, yeah. I think I used it a couple hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, calling something a doohickey means you forget what the term actually is called. The word is synonymous with the phrase thingamajig and the what's it. What you call it. What's you call it. Which, by the way, I love that candy bar. The whatchamacallit yeah, candy that's bar. That's a good candy bar, yes. That is a solid candy bar. Yes. Uh, an example of doohickey is do me a favor and pass me that doohickey over there. So there's that. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk to you guys about. Have you guys heard about this ice road uh, in Minnesota? In Minnesota. Uh, I think I've heard of what this before. It's like a truck. Like trucks run up and down, right? Well, like here's, or something. No. What I've seen that's Canada, you, I think. Canada. Yeah, so that's Canada. Oh, okay. But yeah. what, what has What's happened? What's the difference between Minnesota and Canada? Is there... <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Right. No, I don't. Okay. That's where you draw the line, I think. Sure. Okay. So, actually, there, the contiguous 48 states are not really contiguous. This is some breaking news here on Southern Fried Philosophy. You think, oh, well, then you've got, you know, Alaska, Hawaii. But that's not the case. Minnesota actually has a very little uh, piece of it that's out in the lake, but you have to get to it via Canada or, uh, you know, water. Yeah, going out through the boats. It's 22 mile from one side to the other. And during COVID, because of the lockdown, people oh. couldn't go through Canada and come back down. Uh, so they were they made an ice road going from, uh, you know, it's called the Northern Angle all the way down to Minnesota. They were just using the ice, but it borders Manitoba, which you'll remember was the listener from last week That's from right. Manitoba, Canada. Right. Okay. So, but here's the problem. It's getting warmer. Mm-hmm. So now this ice road is starting to thaw out, and there's residents, I want to say 3,000 residents, that are stranded on this island that can't go anywhere because they can't go into Canada, and they can't come into the U.S. Wow. So they're, they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. It's become like a, a, an issue for Minnesotaites. I guess that's what you call them. Uh, Minnesotans. Minnesotans. Yeah, is that the correct, correct term? I believe so. Is yeah. they don't know what to do. They, they're kind of stranded out there because of that. Well, yeah. Think about like grocery stores and any, right. you know, any kind of supplies. Supplies, anything. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Are they going to get, I mean, at some point, do they just become part of Canada and that's you easier? Would, you would think, why don't we just cut them off and just let them become Canadians? Right. You would think it'd just be easier for everybody. Probably, yeah. Why not? But like school kids, they like give them dual citizenship, and that'll be the compromise. Just call right. them a day. But because they close the borders, they can't. They can't mm. get get out. Wow. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, all right. So West Virginia. Anybody like West Virginia? You're, you're a big uh, fan of the West Virginia. I lived there for a little while. Okay. Morgantown. Morgantown. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, West Virginia does have at least one thing going for it. What's that? It's called Biscuit World. Mm. You familiar mm. with Biscuit World? We I talked am. about Biscuit World. Yeah, that's. And that's don't the, forget about pepperoni rolls. Didn't Mojo that's, stop yeah. there one time? Yeah, he yeah. did. As a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. Biscuit World's legit. It is legit. So, yeah, they're like biscuits, mm-hmm. like cat head biscuits, big biscuits, big and they're good. They're not like KFC biscuits. They're good biscuits. <laughs> oh, good. Or Chick Fil A biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> um, but West Virginia is in a handle. Because they can't get people to move. Everybody's moving out. Nobody's moving in. So what they've decided to do is start paying people to come that work from home. You know, you can work from home. You can be anywhere. Sure. They're giving them $12,000 to come live in West Virginia as a tax break. And, like, all their recreational stuff, like golf courses, um, their their uh, Parks, all that, all the stuff that they can do to be out and about, is all free. You get to do it for free. So twelve grand, it's like a package of twenty thousand dollars to pack up, move to West Virginia. Huh. And one of the most beautiful states there is. I mean, well, besides all the mountain mama, there you go. The landscape yeah. is nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful place it's to beautiful. drive through. You know. Right. Hey, Brad Paisley's from West Virginia. Why do you know that? reason? Why do you know that? Because I listen to country music. Okay. Back in the day. I don't know what listen to it much anymore. But. <laughs> so what would it take you all to pack up 
and move to West Virginia, how much money would it be? Like right now, you can, I mean, right now, in essence, you work from home. Yeah. You work from home. Well, but I still have to be places sometimes. Okay. So. Well, if you could get your same job and just relocate to West Virginia, how much money would it take? Here's the problem for me mm-hmm. personally. I mentioned I have in-laws in Pennsylvania. Oh, I see. Where so this West is Virginia going. is halfway mm-hmm. to Pennsylvania, which makes me more accessible mm-hmm. to the folks from Pennsylvania. Let's be clear. It makes your kids more accessible. Well, sure. It right. makes my airspace more accessible. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about moving to Georgia. That's more, you know, pay me to move there maybe. Okay, because that's further Cause away. it's further away. It's hotter. But, Ooh, you know, and the mosquitoes. Mm, yeah. You got to get, get above that gnat line. Yeah, so, so how much uh, money? Uh, We're talking cash money. How much would it take? Well, how much does it take to, like, buy a new identity? <laughs> Well, now you're going to Mexico. That's the number. No, if I could, like, disappear (laughs) legally and then move to West Virginia, I'd I'd, I'd go for that, probably. Okay. Completely disappear. You know what I mean? You're not playing fairly. (laughs) Uh, Magic Man, numbers-wise, how much would it take? That's a hard one because, like you said, I work from home. Right. You can, Lori can do her soap business and everything from home. Right. They love soap in doing West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, you better, you better be able to ship, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I said ship for, yeah, for I, folks. I, yeah, he did yeah. say ship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. I've been through West Virginia on business trips, but that's just driving through. That's not actually stopping. Right. Um Actually, no, I have stopped in West Virginia. Anyways. Um, I need a number. A number. It's taking way too long. I know. I, can't, I don't, is it, is I don't it know. Is it more than $20,000? Probably. That? Yeah. Plus probably. or minus. If it's, is it more than $20,000? It'd have to okay. be worth my while for sure. All and right. the internet would have to be good. Okay. Okay. Megan, what's you have a number? I mean, my I was going to say legitimately to move to West Virginia, I'd, I'd say like – between seven hundred fifty thousand to five hundred thousand. Okay. But then my wife looked at me and she just, you know, did the net cutting <laughs> sign. Oh, okay. And at that point, I was like, I can never move there because mm. she would kill me. Okay. So, yeah, it's really not. I mean, how how far is it from here to West Virginia anyway? Depends on which part. Like, yeah. Well, I, we would go to the very edge of North Carolina and then just jump over. I feel and that's like where I would when I have to drive there, I spend at least four and a half hours driving through West Virginia to get to Pennsylvania. All right. Well, so we're just on the other side. There's a lot of it. <laughs> How long does it take to get just to, to West Virginia? It's like uh, two. Blue oh, Field or something. Josh like is giving that. me three, three and a half. Do I hear four? Four. Do yeah, I hear four I've, and a half? Five, driven, five, five. Like do gone, I hear one? I've gone skiing. <laughs> In West Virginia, like I've left at like five in the morning to go skiing. I've been there at seven okay. or eight o'clock. So okay. you can get there in three hours. So three, so it, it'll add three right more across. Hours like I think it's a Bluefield, maybe is that the town? I can't remember the name of the town. So it, for three additional hours, I'm going to ask my wife. For three additional hours, would you, would we get paid seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Would you be okay with that? Uh, as oh. l- as long as you want. Like if you just want to go for a year or two years or three, well, but it would seven hundred fifty thousand a year do it. A year. Oh, Chris is saying yes. All right. So everybody's saying yes. So for me, it's three. Father Tommy. I like West Virginia. All right. So I've the 20 grand is I okay would, for you. Yeah, I, I would go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he lived there for free. So that's, you know. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Now it's an it. additional 20. So, so right now, if you go online, you can get, there's 50 applicants right now that they're they're willing to do for yeah. 
a, tr- a thing of. 20s. I don't think I would be allowed to do it. That's basically. yeah. No, it's I mean not, it's not. It's not me. Let's right. put it that way. Okay, we're gonna blame it on that. I understand how this this works. Hey, we have a live stream viewer, okay. uh, Yvonne Demar, saying, "Yo, is that a ligma in the background?" A what? A La- ligma. A ligma. Are you seeing lavin? Lagavulin. Lagavulin. I know they said L I G M A. Hmm. Huh. I've never heard of that. L I G M A. Maybe know she what can tell is. what color is the, is the bottle. Are you talking about the whiskey? That's the question. <laughs> is there else? That sounds like a country song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that the whiskey? Or are you telling about something else? All right. So we're gonna go to the next one, and then we'll if she can ex- describe which one we're supposed to be looking at, then then we'll dis- we'll discuss it. All right. So Yvonne, let us know which one you're looking at. And there we'll you go. See what we can do for you. Uh. So. You guys watch bowling at all? You guys bowling I watchers? Have. Well, I, you know, there's a certain time of year. Right. Typically, it's right after football. Right. You know, you go like after right. church, you go to a restaurant or something. This is in the before a buffet. Times, you know. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was. I think I remember watching it like a Arabic restaurant or something. But like, okay. it's like ESPN. Okay. Plays. This yeah. is what you get right. after football. It's right. whatever you can find. Sure. It's like the Ocho. I remember the, <laughs> the <yeah>. Ocho. <laughs> or uh, cornhole and like Frisbee that's, golf. That's or. when, yeah, you know, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday is when bowling comes on. Right. right. I've watched the movie Kingpin. Okay. Does They're that count? No. Way too oh, good okay. at bowling. Like, I'd stink at bowling. Yeah. I'm terrible. Yeah. Father Tommy, you like the bowling? You like watching I like it? playing bowling. Yeah. I don't like watching it. Yeah. Maybe if I want to go to sleep. Right. I think there's three categories. Like, mm-hmm. Sports, well, may, well, let's see if we can go, how many. So, sports that I would watch but never play. Okay. So, like like uh, bobsledding. Like, I was like, I would, you know, I like to watch that, but I'd never do that. It'd be fun. It, yeah, but I'd probably kill, I'd, <laughs> I'd kill a small woodland creature. <laughs> <laughs> so, sports that I would, I would watch but never uh, do. Sports that I would do, but I would never watch. Right? Like. Uh, like bowling for me, like I like to bowl, but I don't want to watch it. It's not a spectator right. sport, right? Uh, yeah, you're not walking around with like your favorite bowler's hat on, right? Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're not wearing like the jersey, <laughs> the bowling Shoes. jersey. Yeah, is there a Jordans like a, like is there like Air Jordans for bowlers? <laughs> like, what? I'm sure there right? is. They got the the special, uh, you know. Uh, Gloves and whatnot. Yeah, and does it come yeah. with oh, a yeah. can of that spray they put in your shoes when you're done? Like, it makes it nice and cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's like sports that I like to watch and like to play, right? So, you know, basketball, football, what have you. Uh, but bowling is one of those that I just, I don't want to watch. But people have gotten very excited. There's a bowler, a high school bowler, and his nickname is the Ginger Assassin. Oh, wow. The Ginger <laughs> Assassin. And we're going to play the clip, but uh, this guy... I've never heard an announcer, almost in any sport, get so excited about what just happened. And and to preface it a little bit, he he, um, he bowls, he gets a seven ten split, and evidently the only time that anybody's ever made a seven ten split uh, on television has only happened three times, ever. So you know that the seven tens, the, the ones. On I the, think I've done it at least twice on Wii Bowling. Okay. So, oh, wow. well done, yeah. sir. Yeah, just, good job. I want to throw that like out there. It's like, yeah. how hard can it be? Real? <laughs> if I can do it on Wii Bowling, it <laughs> right? clearly isn't that hard. Right. So the Ginger Assassin comes up, and we're going to go ahead and play the clip. You know, I think there's so many processes to becoming a champion on this tour. Yeah. And it, especially winning a major. And uh, I'll get to those processes right after this shot. 
Again, you can see that ball breaking loose early. 7-10. Come on, man. <laughs> Again, the look back. So That's what that, I mean. I don't know why I rewrite. That guy's got a, quite the mullet right there, too. Right through the yeah. face lead oh, of the 7-10. Yeah. The 7-10 only been made on television three times in the history of professional bowling on TV. Come on, kid, do it. Oh, he did it! He did it! He got the 7-10, Randy! Oh he God. did it! <laughs> my goodness, the ginger assassin just dropped the 7-10! You bet, kid! Oh, for the music. <laughs> oh, man! Give me some oxygen and water to spare the game. Spare of the game. The spare of the game. Believe you, you will. I believe the ginger assassin can drop the seven. Ten. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Actually All right. All right. Oh, my gosh. You got it, kid. You got it. Oh, that's great. I, I would love my life to be narrated by that guy. Like, you think just it, got off the toilet. You did it, kid. Just it like, you did it. I mean, we're just talking about, I mean, it's not the most exciting thing to watch. Right. So that's like the most exciting thing that can happen. They see strikes all the time. And if right. I'm bowling, that's what I want, you know. Right. If I get two strikes in a row, it's like. Oh, man. It's a, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm running around like a champion. This is like, he's, it's a spare. It's not even worth any extra points. Like, it has, it's. Yeah, he's not. He can't win, but I mean, I don't know. That's I, I don't know the rules of of, of professional bowling. If you're not getting strikes on every frame, you might as well go home, right? Mm. <laughs> That's right. Keep in mind, this is high school, so I'm sure they probably oh, weren't always okay. You know, they're working up. Hit, that. They're working up. There. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I just, his his excitement pumped me up. Like now, I want to go out there and bowl. So, there's that. All right, so let's go to the moment you all have been waiting for. The Chicken Madness Round 6 presented by Red Hill Brewing. Uh, do we have some music? We, oh, yes, we do. Apparently. Come on, bring it. <laughs> we have not been asked by the NCAA to not use this so far, so we're almost out of the, in the clear of this thing. So it's, uh, like free publicity or something, right? <laughs> Bojangles versus KFC is the matchup for the night. Uh, just to recap, we have done a March Madness chicken bracket. We've gotten um, Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, Zaxby's, KFC, McDonald's, Arby's, and Wendy's, and Bojangles. Um, uh, Popeye's has been knocked out. McDonald's, Arby's, Wendy's have all been knocked out, even the Chick-fil-A, which we thought mm. were going to win. Wow. Uh, that yeah. was the biggest upset. That was an upset last week, yeah. I, right. I do want to follow back up with that mm. one. Uh, Producer Brian, you gave uh, you gave a, a pretty hard score for the Zaxby's chicken. Uh, this was one of the, you know, like I'm going to get two at a time, typically. Right. And it, for whatever reason, actually, I think my wife picked these up. I think Zaxby's got picked up first. Okay. So it was cold it was a cold it was cold okay which i think just didn't that hold did up it. okay um and it's just one of those you sometimes the people just don't care when they're making the stuff right gotcha. so um that's i think that's what it came down to which sandwich got hit first you know okay all right well uh but alas zaxby's did take down the kfc 
So tonight we are going Bojangles versus KFC. So go ahead and initiate the rules. All right. So we have an uh, arbitrary point system here. Um, five points for presentation, five points for bread, five points for sauce, five points for toppings. Chicken's worth 10 points for a total of 30 points per judge. So we can have a grand total of 90, uh, which no one has come anywhere near yet. Um, yeah, from a scoring. Not even close. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're just going to start with the uh, low seed, as okay. usual here. Yep. Uh, KFC. Is the uh, low do, seed. Do we need to describe? Yeah, they're low seed. Uh, do we need to describe it anymore? Well, again. Uh, ch- go back two weeks and listen. <laughs> go back listen. two weeks and listen. There you go. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, big in presentation-wise, you gave it a four. I gave it a three, and Magic Man gave it a four. Mine, you know, these, this is in a bag. Mine looked like they like, like threw it around a little bit. Okay, they, like they were playing basketball. Oh, and then this, you know, so it was okay. like squished Ew, a little good. bit. Yeah, not, not great. Deal. Yeah, that didn't help. Um, no. So yeah, and I think I'll go back the presentation on the last. On the KFC, yeah, I gave it a four last time. So I'd so get the they, restaurant. Yep, phoning it in a little bit. Messed, messed it up. There's a fumble on the play yeah. by the team. Yes, I think consistency from restaurant to restaurant is mm-hmm. kind of important here as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, bread. So moving on the bread real quick. Worth five points. Uh, Biggin gave it three and a half. I uh, gave it a four, and Magic Man gave it a five. Whoa! Come on! Wow. Any reason for that one? Mm, bread. Mm, bread. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is a, uh, the KFC is just a regular bun, a butter bun. I don't bun think it's anything bun. special. Yeah, yeah. It's just a. And he loved his bread. All right. Yeah. There you go. Hell uh, yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sauce. So here we have, this is, uh, I believe mayonnaise is the s- sauce we're getting here. Right. Yeah. Um, got uh, two and a half from Biggin. Three from myself and two from Magic Man. Ooh. So this is what they really like the mayonnaise at KFC, I think. That's See, like, I didn't get a ton of mayonnaise. Huh. Yeah. Like, okay. It's like if we measure it in like packets, like mayonnaise packets, there had to be at least two on this. Wow. Sandwich. I had maybe like a half a packet. Oh, wow. So that would, I think, be better for me. I don't like a ton yeah. of. Okay. Um, yeah, I get two and a half, three and two there on the mayo. Um, it's mayonnaise. Come on, right? Toppings. This is pickles. Uh, Biggin gave it a three. I gave it a three. And uh, I think s- sticking with his theme, Magic Man gave it a two. For each pickle? Pickle, yep. 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 You all know me too well. <laughs> yep. You love the pickles. <laughs> and then the main event is the chicken. Yeah. So, yeah, Biggin gave it an eight. Yep. It's pretty high. That's I gave a high it a, score. I gave it a seven. Ooh. Um, I don't know. Lower than I it's, thought. Yeah. It's a touch greasy, maybe. Huh. Uh, and then, again, you guys must have had the same sandwich from the same restaurant. We uh, probably did. Uh, and the eight, <laughs> yeah. again, from Magic Man. So, comes out to uh, 21 for Biggin total, yep. 20 for myself, and 21 for Magic Man for a grand total of 62 points. 62 points for KFC. Which, for the record, is higher than Chick-fil-A scored last week. Wow. That's sad. That's, a, that's interesting. All right, Chick-fil-A. Come Ooh. on. It's, come you on. Know, and, you know, going back to 
my, my experience with Zaxby's. I think next year we need to do a day-old chicken sandwich challenge. <laughs> like, just let it sit on the counter for a day and then see who holds up. After That's a great, a, like, yeah. What's going to be the best cold chicken sandwich, right? right. I mean, why not? Yeah. Who else is doing that? Right? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> That's probably a reason. Then we'll do it each day, like next year or two years, we'll yeah. do two, two days. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just keep backing it up. <laughs> and eventually, you know, the McDonald's sandwich will look the same. <laughs> right. right. That's right. That's how it works. Right? They're going to get way yeah. more points for that. So. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Bojangles. Uh, presentation, four and a half from Biggin, four from myself, mm-hmm. four from Magic Man. This one comes in a box. It does. Which, that, that stood out. Yeah. I think it helps a lot. Maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. stay warm as long, but it definitely looks nicer. Mm, coming out it's of a box. good call. Uh, bread, four from Big and three from myself, and uh, five from Magic Man. I, I'd really struggle on the bread. It was a nice Kaiser bun. I like that. Had some little seeds on top. Yep. It was good. Mine was a touch stale, though. Like it was a little mm, drier. Than okay. The last one I remember really liking the bread. This one was like a. Taylor. The bag had been open longer or something. I don't know. I'm getting okay. super picky here, but that's what we got to do for was, our, our listeners. That's right. That's right. Uh, it was slightly better than um, the KFC bun. Okay. All right. Let's move me. on. Anyway, sauce again, maybe less mayonnaise. Two and a half, big and same score. This is almost identical. Uh, three for myself, and you gave it an extra point for mayonnaise, uh, mm. Magic Man. So, the boy. Yeah. yeah. You like the mayo now, huh? Not so much. It's a slightly oh. different color too. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was. Yeah. look a little different. So. <laughs> that may or may not be a good thing. Uh, toppings. So, Bojangles, see, three from you from Biggin, uh, oh. four from myself, and two from Magic Man. For whatever reason, the lettuce tomato plays really nicely with that breading, I think, on that chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I agree. Cause maybe because it's spicy, but it, like, balances yep. it out a little bit. Yep. It's not, just, good. it's not just all salty mayonnaise in your yeah. face, you know? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's where I went there. And then chicken-wise. Here we go. Six from Biggin, mm-hmm. six from myself, and eight from Magic Man. Mm. So those aren't high chicken scores. No, they uh, weren't. Because, you know, I think I figured out where I'm, what I'm coming with. I like the breading at Bojangles. Mm. That's what it comes down to. There's not a lot of chicken in there. Boy, it's still so thin. But, but I, like, I like that. Just give me the batter. Like, batter anything <laughs> with that, right. and I'm going to love it. Right, okay. So what's the, what's the grand okay, total? Okay, grand total, uh, 20. From Big End, 20 for myself, and 22 from Magic Man. So if you're yep. keeping score at home, uh, you're probably not. But <laughs> if you were. <laughs> if you were, that is a tie. 62. 62. Oh, wow. So we're in the final four. The winner of this goes on to the big dance, and it's tied. It's, we are now going to overtime. Bojangles hit the buzzer beater mm-hmm. at, the, at the end. We have to go to a tie score. So it's day old chicken sandwich, right? That's the that's the we need to get it again and what's today, right? Well, <laughs> luckily, I was smart enough to say, Father Tommy's going to be here. Mm. Uh, I am going to cut the chicken sandwiches in half, and he's gonna, you know, he's going to try them ah, and see tiebreaker. Yeah. So I thought for sure with smart three man. people we would never have a tie. You would think so, but, but it it math, perfectly came down. Math beat came me again. Yep. To that, so the Father Tommy, you had both sandwiches. I did. And you enjoyed the Bojangle sandwich. It was great. You enjoyed the KFC sandwich. It was great. We're not going to go that through all the, the numbers, but here's the last shot. Three, two, one. You tell us who has won the bracket. 
KFC. Oh! oh! All right. Okay. <laughs> That's all that coming. Wow. KFC, Zaxby's, now at the final dance, the oh, championship wow. game. I didn't see that coming. I did. Well, not early on. After eating yeah. a sandwich, uh, I, yeah. I, I had a feeling that's where yeah. we were going. So I, I'm excited for next week. I, I, I'll be glad when all the chicken sandwiches are done. Yeah. So I listened to the last week. You guys are both getting tired of chicken sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're kind of getting uh, That's probably <laughs> one of the reasons why I've gained, oh, I joined the 300 Club. You're going to blame so, it on the show. So, you know, yeah. you guys are the show's uh, fault. Uh, I've actually had extra chicken sandwiches in the last week. What? So I was traveling. So okay. I think it was, what day was it? It was Saturday, maybe, on the way home. I stopped at Zaxby's, <laughs> and I got the spicy. So I wanted to try them all. Try the so spicy. I got the spicy. They're not Pokemon. You realize that, right? You don't have to try you know, them all. I'm a collector. I collect everything. <laughs> I'm a collector. Right. You know, whatever it is, I like to collect things. Sure. Hey, Producer Brown, when you were on vacation, didn't you say you were out fly fishing and eating a chicken sandwich while you were fly fishing? No, I was fly fishing. No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. I was taking work calls while I was in the stream. <laughs> oh, that's right. I got, okay. I, you know, we, I searched being, I was out with my dad and we looked for like for an hour for a right trout stream. And I, I'm, I walk out, I got my waders on, I'm about mm-hmm. to step in the water, my phone rings, I look at it, and this, this is not a send a voicemail client. Right? Yeah, like, Okay. Okay, so but it was fine. That but shows your dedication. I'm just like looking around, going, "This is a great place. This is a great office right now." <laughs> they didn't need yeah. anything. It was good, but um, but on the way back, I got the spicy Zaxby sandwich. Okay, and the spicy sauce—it's basically like buffalo sauce, like a little bit of buffalo sauce. Is mm. how I would describe that. Okay, it was good. I did like it. And then Monday, <laughs> oh I just my. happened to be getting chicken sandwich. I don't know why. I just it did it. I did, okay, I ordered. I think I got them door dashed actually. But <laughs> it's even worse. I have, a, I have a good reason, I'm sure. Okay. But yeah. I got the spicy KFC. Okay. It, it was almost a good sandwich. Oh, no. So the sauce on that one, just it's a little too hot. Like, I think it's almost that, like, super peppery. Hmm. Like, it could be good. It's got the elements, like a creamy, like, spicy mayo kind of. Okay. They went a little overboard on the wow. heat. Wow. It's just a touch. So you lose the flavor because you're getting... And I like spicy. Yeah. And it was... I won't say it was too spicy for my taste buds, but it killed the flavor of the sandwich. Huh? It was just a little over the just top. a tish. So that's my. So you, you're, you're, we're sick of chicken sandwiches, and you're just getting more of them. Yeah, I almost ordered a different one at a different restaurant one well, day too. Well, listen, <laughs> soon you'll be adding it the 300 pound at the fat five fat. Oh yeah, so. I got, yeah, I got to yeah. get back to. <laughs> we need to figure out an initiation for. Oh, it's just eating donuts is is really it. That's a good initiation. That's it's pretty much it. So yeah. next next week, Zaxby's versus KFC. That'll be the the game winner, mm-hmm. uh, the final game of that one. So then, so then help us understand or tell us what bracket you would like to see next. Oh, we'll yeah. we'll have a little bit of a break between brackets, but let us know. Send us email or tweets or whatever you want. Um, just let us know what bracket you would like, yeah. and we'll we'll try to figure it out. We can turn anything into a bracket. Anything into a bracket. I found the software for that. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's because you're producer Brian. That's right. That's it. That's it. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and go to our main event. And now, our feature presentation. Father Tommy, thank you for coming on the Southern Pride Philosophy Podcast. 
Thank you for having me. It's truly an honor. Um, we have a mutual friend, uh, Chris Abney from Red Hill Brewing Company. Uh, again, sponsor of the March, the Chicken March Madness, <laughs> round six. Um, and we got together just by hanging out, having some whiskey, having some bourbon, and we have become very close. And I, I consider you a friend and a brother. And, but I want to know your story. You're a whiskey priest. Which came first, whiskey <laughs> or priest? <laughs> well, really, you could say, well, whiskey. Whiskey would have to come first. So the whiskey came first in that it was first abused. Okay. And it wasn't appreciated. Um, and this was in my my late teenage years, really. Um, and then when when faith found me, when, when Jesus found me, I, I gave up all alcohol for 10 years at least. And it was after about 10 years that I started, um, I was introduced to whiskey in a way that I appreciated it. And so, um, and so that's, that's why I say whiskey first. Um, so. Nice. Uh, so whiskey first, priest second. Where are you a priest now? I am currently a priest in the Episcopal Church, and I am at Washington Memorial Chapel at Valley Forge in Pennsylvania. Y'all. So. I'm a history buff, and that, that's pretty darn cool. It's an awesome to, place. I used it to really be a is. Revolutionary War reenactor. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Here in North Carolina. Well, come and see us. We'll put you to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb. I don't think that uniform fits anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, considering I had it back when I was a teen in my right, 20s. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> None of our clothes fit anymore. <laughs> That's right. For any of us. Um, so tell us how cool that is. We've seen pictures of your church. Uh, can we post a link Absolutely. on the show notes of it? Just because you guys have to see how beautiful it is and the grounds and everything else. How cool is it to, to be there? It is. I mean, there's about 43 acres actually when a lot of people see the chapel as they're walking through uh, the trails there, because there are, there are a lot of trails, a lot of things to do in the park. And those 43 acres are actually privately owned. They're not part of the oh, wow. the park itself. Huh. And uh, that was all back when father Burke, which is the founder uh, of, of the chapel he raised the money all over the country, people sending pennies at a time. And so it really became a national shrine for George Washington paid for by patriots of this country. Oh, wow. And it's just, uh, that, that brings me wow. chills every time that I'm there, just knowing um, how much people uh, cherish that piece of our history and the way that we get to honor that piece of our history each and every day. And so it's, it's, it's a really cool thing. So, yeah, I absolutely adore being there. Um, and there were actually, if you walk back in the woods, there's, there's a foundation stone. There were actually originally plans, um, and then something called the Great Depression happened. But there were plans for a huge cathedral uh, there, and this would be the Wayside Chapel. So if you're ever there, just imagine what that would look like. Mm. I mean, this is already this glorious uh, space with uh, one of the world's best uh, Carolyn uh, Towers. And so we do Carolyn concerts there, too. So uh, for those that don't know what that is, can you explain? That, that? is a, a tower that has, and our Carolinaire would not be happy So I'm not if I got it wrong, so I won't try to describe the bells, but okay. they're various size bells, um, and it's almost like the hammer motion 
when you're playing this instrument and the strings ring the bells. Some of these are humongous and some of them are small and they play all kinds of classical pieces, mm. church music, um, depending on the audience. And it's, it's really cool. We get, we actually, our Carolyn era goes all over the world to play. We have people, I think we've got someone for Switzerland coming in this year. Um, and we offer these concerts. People bring their, lawn chairs and their oh, wow. wine or their whiskey, whatever they want, their Red Hill beer, and they sit on the uh, lawn and enjoy the music. So it, it's really cool. So it's it's a tower that people, uh, somebody will go up there and actually play these yes. bells. Yes. Oh, wow. Now, so yes. I'm looking at pictures of the property here. Yep. Um, where's the gold hidden? <laughs> where's it buried? Has, has anyone like come around looking for clues like for... Revolutionary War, like hidden gold. We actually, if you go, whenever you come, because I think you will, I'll take you inside. We actually have in glass cases many things that were actually found uh, by people with metal detectors oh, wow. and, and so forth. That's cool. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's really cool. A lot of cool stuff's been found, and there's probably a lot more to be found uh, here on this. Yeah. So. Wow. So um, how has that changed and impacted um like just becoming the priest. Well, well, let me go back. What's the process of becoming a priest? And if you feel comfortable, what what drove you to become a priest? Wow. Um, so the easy question. I'll, right? I'll easy, start easy. with. <laughs> I think I think the the process of becoming a um, ordained minister. I'll say because I think it's similar regardless of which tradition you're in. Okay. Is it's usually, I would say multifaceted because it's it's not just that someone receives a call from God that it always starts from a call <laughs> with a, a call from God a call from God it's 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 a vocation not a job you choose it's mm-hmm. it's something that chooses you right and I think Absolutely. that's that's maybe the difference between a job and a career and a vocation it's a true calling you know people are called to be nurses you don't right. just decide to do that unless you're equipped for it um, but that call is usually confirmed by the body of Christ. You know, it's it's people that that see and witness to the work that God's doing in your life, and they say, you know, I, I think you have a call. And usually there's a fight. You know, for me, it was, you know, I don't know about this. It's kind of like Jonah. I'm going to, you know, do anything I can, including being uh, swallowed by a great big fish to get away from it. And and the people of God see it, and you know, we think there's something there. Mm. Um, and there's usually a struggle. I, I would be suspicious suspicious of anyone who volunteered to do it, and uh, did it with, you know, eagerness, and, and it wasn't confirmed by the people of God. I think it needs to be kind of all of that together. And I think that's usually the story you hear that's consistent among many priests and pastors and ministers, whatever they're called in, in their uh, particular traditions. So I, I forgot who said it, but any, I think it was uh, anybody who wants this job shouldn't have it. That's right. <laughs> you know, and so it's kind of right. like that same issue. Uh, I have a ton of... Uh, pastor friends that I, I see constantly getting burnt out because of the church and things like that. Right. How long have you been a priest? I have been a priest um, in the Episcopal Church for almost five years. Okay. And I have been in ministry of some sort. I've been in three traditions. I've, I've switched a couple times okay. for around 20 um, years. You got a different contract, a different team. That's right. And so you went That's that right. route. Yes. Okay. So you've been doing this totally for, for 20 years. I've been in ministry for 20 years. Yes. Mm. Just between us, which one did you like the best? The one I'm in now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's a typical day for you, man? Like, oh my. what's a normal day? 
A normal day begins with prayer. Uh, I begin each day uh, with morning prayer. In the Episcopal Church, we have something you call the daily office. It's there are certain hours. It's it's really rooted in the in the Christian tradition. Uh, there's many been as many as seven or eight, depending on the tradition you're in, times a day that you stop to pray. And hours are condensed down to morning, midday, evening, and before bed. Okay. And um and 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 that's a good way to to kind of um, structure your day. Uh, because it keeps everything in focus. Otherwise, you take yourself a bit too seriously. But sure. it begins. It begins with uh, with prayer. Um, I usually will try to have on certain days a week a little study time, sermon prep. Because once that's over, um, I have a staff right now of twelve. Um, lots of meetings. You know, to you know, forty three acres and a few buildings and and a lot of stuff for administration takes up a lot of my day. So I have to really mm. schedule time for sermon prep and liturgy prep morning prayer daily at the church, midweek mass um, throughout the week, and mass on certain occasions. And, of course, on the weekend we have a 5 p.m. Uh, mass and then two on Sunday. So Good night. Yeah, it, it's it's a busy but wonderful place. So <laughs> Now, your morning prayers, your daily morning prayers, you do those online, right? Actually, all of those things that I mentioned we do okay. online. Okay, yes. very cool. So if yeah. you ever want to just tune in. They can do that, right? They That's right. To, how do they do that? Just uh, Facebook, and then you go to WM Chapel for Washington Memorial Chapel, WM Chapel, and then just be there uh, at 9 o'clock Monday through Thursday, 5 o'clock Saturday, uh, 8 and 10 on Sunday, or just hit the live button if you want to really be there, but it's going to pop up if you're there. So. Cool, cool. Yeah. What, how has, has Christ changed your life? Wow. I know this is going to be deep and it's going to be long. Yeah. But what's what's the before and after? We see the the pictures on Facebook like here here's how it started, here's how it ended. Right. Tell us that story. Yeah, that was when I was 18 years old. Um I graduated high school with very little direction, no idea where I was going, so I just followed in my dad's footsteps and he's an electrician. And so I was in the IBEW um in Nashville, Tennessee, uh learning how to be an electrician. I'd been done that with my dad my entire life so it just seemed natural that Mm. that's what I should do and um, God has a real cool way of working because (laughs) um, the first job I ended up um, or the first company that I worked for in the union I was assigned to a job and my boss was someone I met when I was 14 years old he worked for my dad oh wow and I remembered him because he was different than your kind of stereotypical construction worker, if you know what I mean. Okay. He didn't participate in the jokes. He was more serious, more joyful. Okay. And, and um, I found out that he had just had a conversion experience. He had just mm. accepted Jesus as his Savior, and he made an impact on me as a 14-year-old. Fast forward all that time, this guy's now my boss. <laughs> you know, I hadn't seen him since, and um, it was the same kind of thing. I mean, I was this fiery... Um, troublemaking kid that just, you know, wanted to push his buttons because I knew he was different. Oh, wow. And it never got to him. Uh, He found out that I was playing guitar, and he invited me to a church. Mm. And to make a long story short, I went to the church. I heard the gospel for the first time. It was the story from Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son being Mm. welcomed Mm. uh, by the father. And uh, I was undone, and uh, I wanted that, and I didn't know how. And so I went to my best friend. It was kind of funny because I was asking him all these questions about salvation. You know, how does it work? And he called up his grandma. <laughs> and so she said, y'all are coming to church with me tomorrow. 
And um, <laughs> my my salvation story begins um, in a Baptist church. You know, I'm now mm. uh, in, a, in the Episcopal church. You <laughs> That's know, and, quite a swing, my um, friend. Yeah. And so there, Roy Fisher, a British um, Baptist preacher in uh, Donaldson, Tennessee, and you're just outside of Nashville. <laughs> It's almost like he was listening in on me and my friend's conversation. Mm. All of my questions, you know, they weren't answered necessarily, but but light was, sh- you know, shown on them, if you will. Mm. I mean, it was just epiphany after epiphany, and they did what Baptists do. You know, they he preached the gospel yeah. about Jesus' death and resurrection as the only way out of this life that I'm in and the good news of eternal life. And I was a shaken, crying you know, mess in that pew, and my friend he didn't he just elbowed me. He's like, "Man, you got to go," and I got up and I went. and And for me, it was that moment. Wow. Um, it, yeah. My life's never been different. Um, yeah. You know, definitely not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, um, but but changed my life saying yes to Jesus. And so, I was baptized the next weekend there, and um, that's that's how it started. So, wow! Yep. What a great story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for asking. Yeah. We have had uh, numerous conversations at this table, if you're watching on Facebook Live, um, and they they have inspired me. They've changed a lot of my perspective on faith, uh, speaking with you in a good way. Um, you, you really have helped me understand the gospel even deeper. So I just appreciate that so much. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Gentlemen, do you guys have any, have any questions? We move on at this point. How old is that, Carolyn? Ooh, um, I believe the daughters. We have one of the coolest things about the chapel is we have a lot of um, a lot of heritage, lineage, kind of um, hereditary foundations. Sons of the American Revolution's daughters, and the daughters are the ones that actually donated for that to be built. And I believe, I really hope I don't get this wrong, somewhere around 1952, 1953, I believe. I've been um, mm-hmm. the rector of the chapel for five months. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> so if you want to know, uh, go and ask one of my docents. You know, they can tell you <laughs> the actual <laughs> dates. I'm learning. I'm still in training when it comes to all the history of the chapel. Uh, but it's, it's, um, from the in the 50s and so it's been there ever since and we're okay. constantly making upgrades to it and um now it's you know he's got uh, his own studio up there it's really cool when if you go and get to go up in it and i'll make sure you guys get to go up in it it be ready don't eat chicken before <laughs> it's a long <laughs> long uh way up hey, there's no elevator no problem but you go halfway and that's his studio well you notice when you get to the studio there's a grand piano in the studio of this tower how did it get there? And then you you start walking, and you figure, oh, this is uh, interesting. Well, it's like a trap door. The door opens, and there's a pulley that goes down, and that's how it was raised up into that almost oh. halfway up to this tall tower. And then he's almost all the way, not quite at the top, but he's almost there, and he's got an air-conditioned and heated little room where he plays on the console itself. It's really cool. So. If you can get a grand piano up there without the stairs, you can get us up there. See, we Absolutely. can just hook you to the pulley <laughs> yeah. by your, your belt loops and that. just pull you up. Yeah, that's got Absolutely. Way. <laughs> and, and when he plays, has the little handles that stick out. And you... Right. You, you kind of do it like that's this. Right. Like whack-a-mole. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've watched some YouTube videos from yes. places that have Carolyn's. And it's they... really impressive yeah. when you watch them. And what's cool is when we do concerts, we actually video – um, tape him playing and that's projected outside oh, cool. where people are sitting so you can actually see what his hands are doing. I believe his feet too, almost like an organ, I think. 
uh, they're doing something mm-hmm. too, but I can't remember. Wow. That's really so, cool. That how, do, how do you keep something like that going? Like you would think there'd be, you know, structural issues and all that right. kind of stuff. Is is somebody going around the grounds and just well, fixing we, things up? We have just the whole chapel itself. Right. Well, that's, you know, we have uh, people on staff. You know, I have a property manager, cemetery manager. Okay. Um, uh, others that, that assist on the property itself and, and volunteers. I mean, yeah. we're all about volunteers there. We've got... Um, I, I would say close to 100 volunteers just from our parish uh, that help, whether it be on the cemetery. You know, I had a couple show up the other day for morning prayer, and right after they went to cut limbs and take care of tree issues, and, oh, cool. and his wife went into the cabin shop uh, and, you know, helped. Uh, we make these famous Easter eggs, chocolate covered in peanut butter and oh. and uh, cream, and they're amazing. They they sell out every year. We can't make enough, usually around 700 pounds, I think, uh, of these tiny little eggs. And so she went to help do that. So it's it's volunteers yeah. and staff. Uh, without that, we it's it's a lot of work. I so, don't see that you brought any of those with you, so I'm a little sad I, about that. I didn't get to buy any, but fortunately, <laughs> on Easter morning, someone put some in my mailbox. Oh, that's sweet. And I ate them. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't save them. Absolutely. <laughs> How do you All right, let's transition to the whiskey. Okay, that's that's always a welcome. So Where when did that when Should did, I make another pour since I you're, mean, go ahead. Well, we're talking about it. You go ahead and, and get some. Um Ryan, what we got to get Ryan something. Uh well, What's Ryan like? What do you like? Ryan likes um beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah beer. that's that's probably a probably safe this is going right we're going to go with a 1792 uh, nice that's pretty uh, thank you. Sir. That's pretty easy sipper right there. That's, there we go. Thank you, sir. So at what point the crowd would like you to pass <laughs> that on. <laughs> you can come over here. Set up t-shirts we're throwing <laughs> whiskey to the crowd. Here we got it. Yeah. Um so what you said that, that or something else. Cheers. You started experiencing and Cheers, folks. Yeah, um what did he what do you want? She wants the scotch, the Lagavulin. Lagavulin, of Pass course. That down, yeah. Did did uh, she ever respond? Which one we're supposed to talk about? Nope, Anybody in the nothing chat? Nothing yet. Well, she's gone. Uh, you said you you came back and started to appreciate it, right? So, and this this is a great story, and these are still great friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was pastoring this Methodist church in uh, Parksley, Virginia, on the eastern shore of Virginia, and a lot of people don't know that that Virginia has a peninsula that sticks down from the Delmarva Peninsula, and you actually have to go over about 12 miles of ocean to get there it's from not, Virginia. It's not in Minnesota, is it? No, is it's not. Ice road? But there okay. is a similar island in Virginia called... Um, um, oh, come on, I'm, I'm forgetting it. Isn't it the, the bridge tunnel... That's the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. Yeah. But, oh, but yeah. what I was thinking... I'll th- it'll come to me, um, the little island of about 400 people that live in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay. Oh, I don't know about that. It's awesome. I've taken ferry over there, and it's some of the best food you're going to eat. Oysters, crab cakes. Oh, my gosh. Home style. Wow. Oh, come on. My wife would whisper it to me, but she's not here. (laughs) I'll think of it here in a minute. Um, But it's it's cool, that little – anyway. But while I was there, um, I had just recently started being okay with drinking again. You know, I had a friend introduce me to craft beer, and I, I really enjoyed micro brews uh, and things like that. And one of my parishioners found out this. I, I'm still kind of hush-hush. I didn't want people to know because I didn't want them to interpret it the wrong way. Um, but he asked me, he said, well, at that time I wasn't father, I was pastor. And he said, Pastor, do you, 
do you enjoy wine? I said, oh, no, I don't like wine. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, I, I see that you drink more than like a Michelob here. You know, you like your beer. I think you've got a palate. Maybe you would enjoy wine. Uh-huh. He said, what have you had? And that's when I revealed to him that I had never really drank wine because I said, oh, yellowtail? Um, you know, yeah. he said, that's good stuff. you need to come to my house. <laughs> and so he took the time, and this is the reason I, I like to do this, is um, because he did that for me. He took the time to go into his cellar, find something. You know, it wasn't going to be some, you know, Grand Cru Burgundy or First Growth Bordeaux or anything like that. But he went in and found a great whiskey that he picked up when he was in California. It was uh, Rosenblum, Rockpile Creek uh, Vineyards, um, uh, Zinfandel. It was at peak. It had, it, it had aged just long enough. He poured that into my glass, and I swirled it as he taught me, and I took the nose and almost cried. And I did cry, I think, when I actually sipped it. Wow. Um, <laughs> Is that and good, huh? that began a love affair with wine, and that's wow. where it started for me. Huh. Um, so he would call me over for, and it was quotations, hey, I need Bible study. And that meant <laughs> yeah. that he was going to introduce me to another fine beverage. And so I would go, and we would have he – he was just so kind. He, um, and if Russ, Carey, Williams, you ever listen, I, I, I thank you. Uh, they're great <laughs> friends, and I appreciate them. He opened everything from great Bordeaux to vintage ports with me. And, uh, mm. and so it wasn't long. He's like, so what do you think about scotch? Oh, you know I'm from Tennessee, Kentucky area, and I'm a bourbon boy. You know, if I'm going to drink something, it's going to be bourbon. Mm-hmm. And he, um, he gave me my first scotch, and that, that's what really began – that love affair and really getting, but for a while it was more the wine. But after a while, I found that my wife only drinks white wine. Mm-hmm. I love white wine, but I'm more of a red wine kind of guy, and I'm pairing it with all these meats that I cook and things. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it became easier for me to open a bottle of whiskey because I could just have a pour, right. close it back, and it's going to be fine tomorrow. Uh, I always felt like if you open a bottle of good wine, you really need people to help you finish it, or it's going to be on you. Right. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's really there. Is is he yeah. really taught me how to nose and how to taste? And of course, that carried over to whiskey. And uh, as over the years, I've just grown a great appreciation for it. And being in Philadelphia now, I'm in the Philadelphia Whiskey Society, mm-hmm. and there I've been introduced to people who know more about whiskey than I'll ever learn. And it's it's just opened the world even more. And so, it's just something I truly enjoy. I think what's different difficult for Baptists, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a former recovering Baptist. Same. Um, Me too. It, are, wow. Okay. That's well, how we get along, huh? There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Is the idea that it's evil to drink or it's, you know, alcohol yeah. is from the devil, right? Yeah. Like you, you come back yeah. from that background. How, how do you tell others like, this is okay. This is not, it's not a sin. It's not a bad thing. Like we enjoy right. the bourbon or we enjoy the, the alcohol. Well, I, I think too much of a good thing can become a bad thing, and that's that's not just with alcohol. Like I think sandwiches. a lot of this uh, comes from, you know, <laughs> we dealt with prohibition here in a way that a lot of countries in this world didn't. I mm. mean, if you're living in somewhere like Italy or France, you're 12 years old at the table, you're likely going to get a little bit of wine. Absolutely. It's just oh. not happening in Southern Baptist <laughs> uh, families <laughs> right. in the right. South right. especially. Um, and so I think it, there is that kind of uh, a very American uh, prohibition kind of uh, engendered mm-hmm. uh, taboo uh, that comes with alcohol. Where, but it does it in some of those same communities with eating some terrible foods that are probably killing you faster than the little bit of alcohol you might be <laughs> right. consuming. So 
that kind of logic, just, just naming it that way. And of course, we can go throughout Scripture. I actually did a study with my last parish uh, on wine. We did a survey of, of what does the Bible say about wine from beginning to end. And mm-hmm. It was amazing, um, the, the positive way uh, that wine is lifted up in Scripture. And of course, it ends up becoming that which our Lord chooses uh, to be that which becomes for us the body and blood of our Lord. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's a very precious thing in Scripture. And so... Um, but it can be abused, and Scripture talks about that too, right. uh, as, as most things. And so, so I, that's what I do with it: is that you know anything can be abused, and and Paul addresses it too when we shouldn't get too um, proud of ourselves for being able to enjoy it when there are people that Paul would call weaker believers among us, mm. um, and 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 so be careful, uh, you know. And so I think that's kind of the way I usually would address it. But around Piscopalians, I don't have to address it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you just switched teams so you could drink. I understand. <laughs> no, no, no. So tell me about conversion to Episcopalian. I need to. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, that, that's <laughs> a great question. Um, yeah. So like I said, I, I'm going to try to tell this. I don't want to take up all the talk time. but um, You're the guest. That's yes, what you do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I began my Christian journey because someone invited me to church, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I learned a lot by going there. And he actually, you know, the piece I didn't tell is he wasn't a Baptist. Remember, that was my friend who told, called up his grandma. That was the Baptist connection. That gotcha. didn't last long mm-hmm. because he was uh, a Nazarene, Okay, the church of the Nazarene. Um, that, and, and to make a long, so I'm in the church of the Nazarene. I'm learning about... Nazarene history, uh, which goes back to John Wesley, really, and Charles Wesley and the Wesleyan movement uh, that created Methodism in this country. And um, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, a lot of churches were coming out of these mainstream churches for various reasons, Um, uh, social justice reasons, holiness, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so Methodism was kind of like the mother church of that. Well, Methodism came out of Anglicanism, which is what we are as Episcopalians. So now you could see by thinking about that journey, someone that's going to uh, school to study theology, church history, you start learning about your tradition, and you found, oh, well, we owe our beginnings to people like John Wesley. Well, John Wesley was a priest in the Church of England until the day he died, uh, and his brother Charles, they became my heroes. Well, then I started like, well, they never left. And so I started really thinking, well, what would it be like to experience this? So I went to a couple Episcopal church, one being Christ uh, Church Cathedral in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a great place uh, with a wonderful organ, wonderful choir, and just great parishioners. And uh, and it was the liturgy of the church, the traditional liturgy that's passed the test of time, that's been nurtured and handed on and, and uh, by, by the faithful uh, people of God. And that made me want more. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just being in awe of this liturgy that's centered on not entertaining me, but the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. Mm. And that's what liturgy does. It's God's work for the people. It's it's always centering on what has God done for the salvation of the world. And that just blew me away uh, from the chanting, offering the incense, the sacramentality of it all, the vestments, just really... T- offering our very best for for the God who created and redeemed us. And I wanted more, but Mm. it had to be a secret for me for a while because my wife, who I met in college at a Nazarene university, she was cradle Nazarene. Mm. And so she didn't want to leave. She was taught, well, that's liturgy. That's not real. You know, you got to pray from your heart, Mm. not what's on a page. And so uh, for a long time, it was just my thing. 
Um, and to make a long story short, fast forward many years after we met, she's seen my love for the liturgy. I tried not to never push it on her, but we did have like a little chapel in our home where I would pray morning prayer, evening prayer, things like that, sometimes offer incense. And my kids, the liturgy just was very formative for them. And I think Leslie saw that. Mm. And uh, it was my wife who finally told me when I was pastoring a Methodist church in Virginia, she said, you know what? I'm ready to be an Episcopalian because she knew that I was supposed to be uh, that was, you know, people were calling me the high church Methodist and they didn't like it. You know, I, I could not be that. That was who God had called me to be, even though it started in a, in a low church tradition that I still appreciate dearly. Um, and so she said that she found my first job. I laid down my ordination in the United Methodist Church, went and started all over as a lay professional. You know, I was on staff full time as a lay person uh, in charge of Christian formation uh, at a church in the same diocese I am now. And just started all over. Eventually, I was ordained a deacon, and then ordained a priest, and and uh, I've had a couple churches since then. So mm. that's that's how that happens. It's like there's a, a a reverence that I think is missing from a lot of absolutely other call it denominations. That's a good you know, word. Like I, yeah. that, there, I think that's the difference. There is there's a reverence that I think we lack sometimes. One hundred percent. You, yeah, you, and I, and I picked that up on too. You said um, that it's not about entertaining me, but embracing the full revelation of Christ. And it's like we've turned it into like, you know, an entertainment media like logo driven like right. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like right. you just made we've marketed it way too well. Yeah, there's this move, you know, there's so much about like the friend of Jesus that we miss it on the magnitude. Right. Yeah. Sometimes. Yes, the majesty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we want to hang out with our boy, not like bow to our Lord. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's good. Boy, that'll preach. Yeah, there's a title. There you go, man. <laughs> there you go. We have a uh, question from oh, one of our listeners sweet. here. Uh, it says, if the whiskey priest is on an island... And he only gets a choice of one of the following. What does he choose? George Dickey Tennessee Wiki or Defiant American Single Malt? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> George, Dickel all the way. I am never going to, you know, the good state of North Carolina may produce Defiant Single Malt Whiskey, but I, I'm just going to ask them to stick to corn whiskey. All right. And I'm going to pick Defiant because it's from my home state. Corn liquor. I mean, not Defiant. I'm going to pick uh, George Dickel. I, I think these these uh, questions are coming from a gallery. I believe they're coming from the crowd. Yeah, no, I understand. Because <laughs> they know those are two of my least favorite whiskeys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, wow. you, you've done scotch. You brought scotch I with did. you mm -hmm. and bourbon. For, for maybe the people that don't understand, what is, what is the difference between scotch and bourbon? Okay. Uh, well, a lot of people don't <laughs> realize that all, <laughs> <An ocean>. all <laughs> bourbon is whiskey. All scotch is whiskey. But all whiskey is not bourbon, and all whiskey is not scotch. I think that's one thing to remember is that they're in the same family. They're kissing cousins. And no bourbon is scotch. That's exactly right. So bourbon has to be made in the United States, as you know. It has to be aged in virgin oak. It has to be 51% corn and so forth. Some of those basic rules for scotch is that it's 100% barley. It's malted barley. And when you look at something like this is a 25-year-old Glen Scotia, it's um, possibly the best fine liquor liquid that I've ever tasted. Um, and I love Campbelltown and it says single malt scotch on it. And what that means is that it's from a single distillery and it's 100% malted barley. 
That's all that means. A lot of people think it's like single barrel, but it's not like that. Okay. But what you can get, this happens to be a single barrel, <laughs> and which is also a single malt because it's from an independent bottler, and they basically get kind of off-profile um, cask from distilleries and do their own thing with it, and then you get something unique, and this is just absolutely glorious. So mm. basically, you're looking at corn, predominantly corn, and virgin oak, where with scotch, it's predominant, it's all, um, unless it's a blended scotch, that's something different. When it's single malt scotch, it's going to be all malted barley, and it's usually not going to be in virgin oak. Um, what it, you know, Murica, because mm -hmm. if it wasn't for bourbon, we really wouldn't have scotch as we know it today because the majority of those barrels used to age scotch are ex-bourbon barrels yep. uh, that are sent over to Scotland. Yep. And so, um, you know, and, and some of my favorite scotches um, are the first fill. Uh, if you think about that, and you get this, mm. like, imagine, you've got Pappy Van Winkle, 15-year-old yeah, bourbon. So this majestic liquid here. And you send that barrel over, and the first scotch that's matured in that, you get a bottle of that. Mm. It's going to taste a lot better than the 15th barrel that was, right. you know, aging that scotch. Right, yeah. And so... Um, so I always look for, I love first fill, scotches, first fill, sherry. They use sherry uh, butches, uh, butts and sherry uh, punches, things like that a lot for it. So there's a lot of variety with aging in Scotland that is starting to happen more in the United States. The problem is, is if you do that, you have to call it American whiskey unless you finish it uh, in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And so <clears throat> this appreciation has now become almost a really good hobby. But uh, again, the Philadelphia Whiskey Society you're part of that. Uh, you're you're growing, and your palate is amazing. By the way, like just hearing you describe it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's perfect, and that, that describes you. that. So, um, where's what's the next thing you want to ch challenge yourself for in whiskeys and bourbons and scotches? Well, I, I need, I want to be um, certified, and so um, there's there's a whiskey certification that I'm going to do um, through the whiskey steward who um, leads the Philadelphia Whiskey Society. Okay. And he has a really cool program that I, I want to do that so that I can learn more. Um, and uh, and then, of course, I want to visit more distilleries. You know, yeah. I, when I visit a distillery, it just it's so eye-opening. And so um, I want to go to Scotland and um, try not to just make a bed beside a cask at Lagavulin <laughs> and go other places too. Um but I, I think those are the two things is, is a little bit more focused education and, you know, certification or two, and then to really visit uh, some of the w wonderful whiskeys of the world. Very cool. So very cool. Yeah. Any other questions you have gentlemen? I think we have a question. Pappy 15 or Glen Scotia 25. Well, Oh, that's a good question. You know, those are fighting words for some people, but um, I'm going to have to go with the Glen Scotia 25 on that one. Wow. Okay. So, here, so I started my whiskey journey with scotch like 10, 12, at least 10 years ago, if not 15 years ago. And it was nothing fancy, you know, mm -hmm. drank a lot of that. Then I moved on to bourbon. And now I'm like ex just exploring other whiskeys again, like Irish whiskey, scotch, like, What's the, how, how do we, just, you just do all whiskeys? Like, is there a, how do I, I can't go, it's hard for me to go back to the scotch I was drinking after drinking some of the stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? Like. Okay. <laughs> well, I think, I don't, for me, I have, it's an appreciation for, I think, the process. And sure. sometimes <laughs> I want just an Ardbeg 10-year-old. 
you know, um, I want a Lafroig 10 or, you know, Glimrangi 10-year-old, something like that. And I don't want to pour something super complex, something I know well. Yeah. I think the Whiskey Vault, uh, that's a great uh, like, YouTube I'm a, channel. I'm familiar. He calls that background whiskey. Okay. Sometimes you just want a familiar whiskey that you, you know, you know that you don't have to get super analytical with. Gotcha. And I find that a lot of those whiskeys that maybe you're referring to, I don't know what they were. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those are like Bunahaben 12, it's like 55 bucks, yeah. something that you can drink any day and it's going to stack up to, because I think that one of the myths in whiskey, and I'm learning this more and more, is that 40 years old does not, and, and you know, $40,000 for the yeah. bottle is not $39,900 better than a $100 bottle of whiskey. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's nowhere close to that. And you might actually like the $100 bottle better. Um, sure. And sometimes you might like the $40 bottle. So I think you drink what you like. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And so, you know, going back to the old ones is fun sometimes. I do return back and think uh, I find a whiskey I thought I loved. And then I. Yep have these other whiskeys and I find out my palate has changed Yep, and it makes me sad sometimes. That yeah. actually happened to me today with a whiskey, uh, Ardbeg Uyidol. Okay. It's something Bless that you. I used to absolutely love and I recently did a peated blind and it was last and it almost m- made me want to cry. <laughs> and then this morning, uh, not this morning, but after lunch, <laughs> I'm, on vacation. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm on vacation this week. No judgment. So, you know, we're yeah. sipping, you know, we're not throwing them back people. Um, but, but I had Lagavulin 16, which is what I'm drinking now. And this is one that I've never not enjoyed. It's one of my top five probably all time. And um, I had that. But then I went to Oogie. I, di- I didn't want it. Yeah. And so I, di- I know, know what you're saying. Sometimes your palate changes as you mature in your journey, and that's fine. So. Yeah. Because like, I was drinking, like, Glenn Levitt, Glenn Fitted, like yeah. the big names, you know, the pretty young for Scotch, right? Twelve, fifteen, and those like are some of the go-tos. You know, the they, they don't look like these, but the colors not even close. You, you know? know, but what's cool about that is is check out all the offerings from these distilleries. Yeah, because you may not like Glenn Levitt, twelve-year-old, uh, but man, that eighteen-year-old's beautiful. Right. Or or some of their cast strength <laughs> offerings, like that, they have an Oloroso sherry matured cast strength Glenn Levitt that is amazing so um yeah i'm gonna need more bookshelves at home to put the stuff on <laughs> so you happen to score how did you happen to score this pappy and if you're not a bourbon drinker pappy van winkle is kind of known as the unicorn of all unicorns of bourbon like these this is one's hard to find if you were to try to buy this uh, on the secondary market we're looking at twenty three hundred dollars roughly somewhere yes. around that ballpark whoa. for one bottle yeah whoa um uh, retail uh, once one fifty one sixty somewhere around that ballpark, um, uh, if you can get it at a, at a good price. Secondary again twenty three hundred. So how did you happen to get this Pappy Van Winkle fifteen? Well, you know, there are benefits to being in a state that controls liquor, <laughs> uh, and that is is the lotteries when they get these whiskeys, they release them at retail. Yep. yep. And so uh, every year I enter this lottery for, and basically my wife says, are you mad? Because I tell her, I just put in a, for the lottery for everything from the Van Winkle line. And she's like, well, how much would that cost if you want them all? I said, let's not talk about that <laughs> because you never do win them all. You never. Right. And so I just put them all in. And this year I actually won for the first time in a lottery. Wow. And uh, it wasn't this bottle, actually. It was the, um, the Van Winkle 13-year-old rye. Okay. Um, and I was excited to get that. Um, 
but being in the Philadelphia Whiskey Society is a wonderful thing. We have a messenger, and I let people know, I, hey, I was you know lucky enough to win the lottery, and I have this one. Well, it happens to be $169, and this one's $159. So actually, the 13-year-old is more expensive retail than the 15-year-old, believe it or not. And so I kind of used that logic to see if I could get any, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anybody willing to kind of <laughs> throw, throw me a bone. Yep. And someone was willing to because this guy got even luckier. He and his wife both won oh. from the same household because they had two properties in the same state. Smart. But they both won, and he wrote, that's one I don't have. I'll do an even trade. And he even gave me a bunch of food because he's a regional manager at a restaurant out there. I won't say – I don't yeah, want to sure. shine any light on any of that. But um, So I ended up trading him um, for this, and uh, we were both happy campers. Yeah. So, How about it? Wow. And, and you were uh, – you got the bottle – uh, in hand, and you were kind enough to say, "I'm going to drink it with you guys." Yes. So you brought it down, you popped it open. We had it last night, and we we ran, we we read the book Pappy Land, right, uh, by Wright Thompson, which let's tag him when we uh, talk about the show. Uh, and in the book, he describes that Jillian uh, Van Winkle drinks his bourbon with uh, a twist of lemon yep. and then uh, some ice. And so we did that last night with the Pappy. And that's normally something that you don't do to such a fine unicorn of a bourbon. But what was our experience? But if Julian Van Winkle says right. that's the way that Pappy did it, that's the way we're going to do it. And Absolutely. That's, and we, we were blown away at, at it, it, the lemon just complement in the ice. It was this refreshing, almost like a limoncello, but not that sweet or heavy right. kind of finish. But with that spiciness from the oak and the caramels and the vanillas, it was actually really good. Yeah, yeah um, I we believe were, that. We were impressed. Of course, Shocker. I wasn't that surprised because, again, if Pappy Van Winkle <laughs> preferred to drink his whiskey that way, we should trust that it's going to be great. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So, and that's the way you drink it when you have a closet full of it, too, probably. You're not worried about it. Exactly. Right. He's, got, it, he's yeah. got warehouses full. Exactly. Yeah, Julian stashes. So. Yeah, literally. Yeah, so uh, that was a good experience. And, and something, again, as a bourbon drinker, like – I don't know when I'll ever have that experience again to be able to to have the pappy um, and not spend, you know, $1,500 right. a sh- or $150 a shot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that as well. Uh, good friend. Uh, Father Tommy, if people want to watch you again online, go ahead and tell our listeners again where they can find you, okay. where about the church and things like that. So our website is uh, wmchapel.org. And then on that page, you can actually you know, easily find where to go for our services. And that will take you to our Facebook live, which is at facebook.com slash WM chapel. Try to keep things simple (laughs) and uh, just be there. Uh, Of course, all of uh, our service times are on the website, but Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. for morning prayer. And of course, if you're in the area, you're welcome to join. We've actually uh, are welcoming people inside the chapel now. Okay, I believe we're at 50% capacity, maybe a little less, and uh, you have to wear your mask. But Um, people are coming back and we have plenty of opportunities for people to do that with services just six, six of seven days a week. Um, and so you're welcome to come and do that. But, um, Saturday mass is at five and that's the same thing you get on Sunday, the same scripture readings, usually pretty close to the same music. Now, one thing that I'm looking forward to is we have an amazing choir, Mm. um, and we have an amazing, um, organist and choir master, and I'm so blessed to work with him. Uh, right now, we can only have one or two singers because of COVID, the pandemic, and I haven't heard them. I I, I accepted this uh, call in um, 
you know, started in November, and it's been pandemic the entire time I've been there. Oh, man. And so I can't, based on the singers I've heard so far, I can't wait to hear them all together. And so um, so that that will be worth hearing, especially we get to do these really cool, not only like Christian services that you're used to, but we get to do a lot of patriotic stuff. Mm. And so we do state services. Um, we, we're doing a service soon. It will be an even song with the Pennsylvania Sons of the American Revolution. And uh, there we're going to be featuring, we have this huge George Washington window that tells the story of George Washington from his baptism until his presidency and his uh, after the presidency and so forth. And that window, we've been doing a window restoration. That That's about a you know, $500,000, $600,000 project. Wow. And they're, they're so kind to, to uh, underwrite that for us. And, wow. and so we'll be doing an even song for them. And um, we will be doing one soon for, the uh, I think, the Daughters Out of New York of the American Revolution. So that's something really cool, too. And we're going to start um, getting those on live stream. And we just did a fundraiser to raise the money to upgrade our sound system and to get us. Right now, we have these nice cameras and makeshift uh microphones but we've got cables all over the ground with these huge <laughs> tripods looks like you know robots coming to take over <laughs> and so we're getting rid of all of those and we've raised the money so soon that stuff will be permanently installed with better equipment and um we'll get to put that kind of stuff on Very so if cool. it's and my goal we used to have a state service for all 50 states throughout the year and we would invite uh, dignitaries and so forth to come to the chapel, and we'd honor them. We would have uh, a tea with all of our silver and all that. And wow. we've, we've, over the years, kind of condensed that down to about six states in our region. And my goal over time is to bring as many states back and to call people and let them know we're praying for your state today. And nice. uh, we want you to know and, and use the live stream as a way of actually getting people involved. Uh, and reconnecting hmm. so it's um so yeah that's not right now but those of you that go to our website and facebook know that those things are coming and we're in a pandemic but it will keep getting better so very cool very so cool. yeah what uh, any other last minute shout outs to give just thank you for letting me be on the podcast. I'm, I'm honored to be here with you and to talk about both uh, faith and whiskey, uh, two things that I enjoy talking about on sure. any day. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you it's again. It's been a pleasure having you. It's been a pleasure being with you. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in. Next week, we have Zaxby's and uh, KFC battling out at the Chicken Madness Bracket brought to you by Red Hill Brewing. Uh, we have Doug Knoll. He is a peacemaker and a mediator to help us understand how to not fight with our wives and our spouses. So we would appreciate you guys tuning in to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. And as always, keep looking up. Keep looking up.